For this week's podcast, we read Brock Reed 1972 and Fisher 1984. For my podcast, I decided to focus on Brock Reed 1972, Arguers as Lovers. In the beginning of this essay, it starts by saying, one necessary ingredient for making a theory of an argument is the arguer himself. The arguer plays a large role in the way audience understands and views the information they are saying. I personally agree with Brock Reed with the fact that the arguer is just as important as the information and evaluation. Like Brock Reed said, the nature of the arguer plays a large role in the way their information is understood and perceived in an argument. As an arguer, the influence of people plays a large role in their argument. This is unlike logicians who can ignore people, who can ignore other people. This makes the study of logic and the study of argument two very different things. When an arguer goes into a debate or maintains any substantive proposition, his or her co-arguer's response can be swayed by who they are, who the arguer is, or who the relationship is. Interaction and relationships play a large role in an argument. A contemporary philosopher named Maurice Natanson said, quote, Since arguments don't argue themselves, the arguer must be located, end quote. I agree with Nettinson's statement that along with every aspect in an argument, such as a study of logic, propositions, and symbols, the arguer is also very important, and the relationship between the arguers is important for the outcome of the transaction or debate. Nettinson looks at three stances arguers may take. These are their attitudes towards one another, their intentions towards one another, and the consequences of those attitudes and intentions for the act itself. Natanson uses three metaphors to characterize these. The first metaphor Natanson uses is characterized by the word rape. He says that arguers can have the rapist's attitude towards other people, arguers can have intent to rape, and the argumentative act itself can constitute rape. While I'm slightly confused on why he chooses this word as a metaphor at first, I think I began to understand the overall idea. The arguer wants to be put in a position of superiority, whether this is making their case prevail or putting the other person down. He then says the ultimate form of this, quote, rape is censorship. The person in the inferior position who has too little power to resist censorship is silenced. In this case, the arguer who has been silenced has been, quote, raped. There are many other places arguments can be termed rape. These other places include courtrooms, many business meetings of organizations, legislative chambers, or collegiate debates. The second stance can be characterized by the word seduction. Different than an argument rapist who uses force to win, the seducer uses charm. Seducers are especially visible in politics and advertising. A seducing arguer lulls his respondent into lowering his or her guard by what is called the argumentative equivalent of soft lights. The intent of the arguer seducer is to win by their beguilement or flirtation, but the co-arguer can respond in different ways to the seducer's stance. He can be willing victim or an unwilling victim. The third stance that Natanson covers can be characterized by the word love. The lover-arguer is different than the rapist or the seducer in the way that their argument is not unilateral, but it is bilateral. They also differ because in an argument, a lover wants something called, quote, power parity. Instead of putting themselves in a position of superiority over the co-arguer, like the arguer-rapist or the arguer-seducer. Argumentative love is one of the rare forms of argument. The stance of love is ideal in two other types of arguments. These include philosophical arguments and scientific argument. Philosophical argument takes the stance of love possibly because they are, quote, lover of wisdom. Philosophical arguers don't look 
to take a position of superiority, but they rather have their truths developed in an open and not harsh environment. Philosophical arguers seek the bilateral relationship by putting themselves out there and expect the same from their co-arguers. The second type of love argument is scientific. A science arguer presents their truth by putting it out there and the respondent has no choice but to accept it due to facts of science. So there is no force needed like argument, quote, rape. While not all philosophers or scientists are love arguers, they best complete their arguments through love.